Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. to be here with you uh, in, in unprecedented times, because unprecedented times also means unprecedented opportunity. Today we're talking about overflow, living enough in a world that isn't. And the question that we all have to answer for our life is, is this one simple question. Will we live from the scarcity mentality of the world or from the overflowing love of Christ's kingdom? Because those are the two essential choices for all of life. Fear and scarcity will drive life or this fiercely faithful trust in God that says, I believe that God is enough, that I believe that, that Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come, is more than enough and is available. Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so... Those who live in the overflow believe that the kingdom has come and will come through, through faith. So guys, in the midst of, of this um, epidemic of, of fear as well, this week, many of you may have read uh, in the newspaper, anybody, where somebody sneezed on an airplane, coughed, and, uh, and there was a, a near riot on the plane? Um, you know, not only is COVID-19 contagious, so is fear. And this, this scarcity mentality, there isn't enough health, there isn't enough room between me and other people, there isn't enough uh, food in the, in the grocery store, we're out of toilet paper. I can't figure this one out, you know? The hand sanitizer, the soap, have we not been washing our hands, people? But it's fear. It's scarcity mentality. I got to get mine, and if I don't get mine now, there won't be enough for me later. That's what the world offers. And you know, I don't want to present this picture of life in the kingdom to say that, that in this world we live in, there's nothing to fear. Because that's not true. This world will always give us something to fear. And God will always give us someone to believe in. And we have to choose between those two realities. So in your life right now, whether it's, whether it's this virus or, or something else, Satan has, has been working since your childhood to give you things to fear. And some of those fears have worked them deeply into your heart and your soul. Man, there are fears in my life that, that are in the darkest part of the basement, boxed up in boxes that, um, you know, that I'm still discovering. And, and Satan will continue to bring those out and, and say, here, look at this. But God. God has given us someone that we can look to and believe in. And when we do, we're transformed. From the scarcity mentality of there isn't enough and, and, uh, and, and I may fail to the overflow of God's abundant, infinite love. First John 4.18 says there is no fear in love. So Christians, I want to remind you, we do not fear as the world fears. So don't you dare, whatever else you catch, do not dare catch the fear that the world spreads. We do not fear as the world does. 
There is no fear in love, 1 John 4, 18 says. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus simply said this, I tell you, do not worry about your life. From time to time, I hear people say, well, I don't understand enough about Scripture, and I don't, I don't know enough. Most of the time, that's just simple baloney. It really is. Uh, Mark Twain said, it's not what I don't understand that troubles me in Scripture, it's what I do. Here's what Jesus said that all of us can understand. Do not be afraid. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Because God the infinite will overflow in grace. How do we respond in these days? How do we respond to, to this virus, to this fears? To, to my knowledge, the first time in American history that we have not been able to gather for uh, for for worship, for religious services. Well, I want to turn to history because, you know, we're not the first ones who've lived this Christian life. We're not the first followers of Christ around. The truth is that from the beginning, the words of Jesus have resonated in certain faithful hearts, and these people have lived changed countercultural lives in the world that have rattled people's cages and have gotten attention. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. That's, that's not the world's way. Love one another as I have loved you. It's not the world's way. In the Antonine Plague in the second century, um, it, it killed 25% of the Roman population. There were times when it is said 5,000 people a day were dying. And the Christians, instead of living from a scarcity mentality, they overflowed in love, even into the streets, caring for people who'd been put out to die. And people noticed. In the plague of Cyprian in the third century, uh, it was, was even worse, perhaps. And this going and caring resulted in the explosive growth of, of Christianity. Bishop Dionysius uh, said this uh, of the, the actions of God's people. Heedless of the danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need. The people of God had their eyes not on the fear around them and, and the preservation of their own life, which in itself was scarce. They lived out of the overflow of the promises of God in Christ. They lived out of the overflow of love, and they actively went out into the streets, and they cared at risk for the people around them. In the fourth century, the emperor Julian, who was not a believer, complained bitterly about these Galileans who uh, went out and, and cared even, as he said, even for non-Christian people, they, they care. Again, countercultural. Doesn't make sense. Everybody looks after their own. Scarcity mentality. If I, if I give something to you, there's not enough for me. But believers live out of the overflow. In 1527, the plague hit uh, Wittenberg. And Martin Luther wrote a tract in that day that was fairly famous, whether Christians should flee the plague, because that was the standard response of the rich. They would leave and flee and go to their summer homes or some other place, isolate themselves uh, from the dangers and, and, and not get sick. And here's what Martin Luther wrote. We die 
at our posts. <laughs> and he called on Christians to engage and to love in practical ways that, that made the difference. And these were not merely theoretical words for Luther. Because his daughter Elizabeth died doing exactly that. We are a people who claim to have the eternal life of Christ in us. And people, I'm going to tell you, having the eternal life of Christ, it makes a difference in how we respond to fears. Not just this fear of the virus, but every fear we have in life. All of the fears this world will give you that there's not enough. You know, one of the fears that many of us have is that I am not enough. And, and I, you know, for, not enough for what? For whatever. <laughs> whatever it is that we have to do, this fear of I am not enough. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. Satan... Uh, deals in half-truths. That's the cards that he places for you to play. He deals in half-truth. The truth is, I am not enough on my own. But as Craig Rochelle says, in Christ, I am not on my own, ever. And so the simple reality is that, that at every level of life, we have to choose whether we're going to live from a fearful scarcity mentality of the world or the overflowing of Christ's kingdom come because it has come. What I want to share with you mainly today in this, again, unprecedented times that, that it's also an incredible opportunity. It is an incredible opportunity for us personally, each one of us, to take the call to live out of the overflow more deeply and more seriously than we ever have. It is a chance for, in, in ironic and paradox, paradoxical circumstances, for the church to grow in ways that I didn't want, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't even like. And yet God's given us this chance. Here's what I want to share with you. Eternal life overflows in us when we actively choose to trust infinite love. Oh, the overflow of eternal life, the life of Jesus, the Spirit of God in us. It, it overflows in us when we make this fierce faith choice to allow the, the, the love of Christ to overflow in us, not merely in attitude, but also in action. And not just in crisis circumstances, but every day at home in the, the challenges, in, in every fear we have. The biggest ones in the basement to the, to the, to the tallest ones in, in the roof. Every fear, every, um, every you know, assault of, of the enemy to say that you do not have enough, you are not enough, there will not be enough. We point to Jesus and we live the overflow. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the fun foundational insecurity of the world. <laughs> that somebody wants what you got, you got to hold on tight, keep them from it. That, that people are against you to the point where they're, they're you know, actively undermining your, your living and that the whole agenda of this world is ultimately to, to destroy you. But Jesus' agenda? I have come 
And I just want to remind you of those words, I have come. Not merely in history 2,000 years ago, but, but Jesus is coming to you and your life and your needs and your fear and your circumstances. And you just need to say, you, you, know, in, you know, in your heart of hearts that Jesus has come to me. I have come that you might have life. That you might have life. No fear. No, no dying down in scarcity, and that you might have it to the full, and this full is the overflow. And John 7, 37, in the last week of his life, Jesus is coming to the, the feast, the Passover feast, where he would be the Passover lamb. And the scripture says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. You who do not have enough, you who are living in scarcity, you who are missing what life is all about and feel like something is missing in you, you who feel there's something dying down inside of you, come to me. Anybody. You don't have to be qualified. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to, to look like this or, or act like that. You don't have to be a churchy person. You just have to be in need. And if you are, come to me, to me, not to religion, not to church, not to your father's faith, your mother's faith, to you having a personal encounter with Jesus Christ where he wrecks and rebuilds your life. What does he wreck? He wrecks all the broken, tears it apart and puts it back together in a way that we fit for all of eternity. Come to me, all you are thirsty, and drink. You have to choose to, to come to Jesus and then accept all that he has to offer to take it inside. It's got to get personal. It's got to get real. It's got to go deep. And you know what? When you drink something or eat something, it goes to every single cell of your body. Which is why he who said, drink for me, also said, eat for me, for I'm the bread of life. And the idea is that we don't just keep Jesus in church on Sundays or, you know, every seven weeks, right? You know, I'm glad that we have been the kind of church that has said we want to move from the average attendance now in America of three to seven weeks to, uh, to seven days a week that, that we, we live this Christ. Because when we drink from the water that he is, and we eat from the bread of life that he is, every cell of our body is fed and, and given life. And it changes all of us from the depths of our heart. And then Jesus said in verse 38, whoever believes in me, not knows about me, uh, not has doctrinal knowledge, but whoever believes in me, it's personal, it's about Jesus, it's about calling on his name in desperation, uh, in dissatisfaction. It's about calling on the name of Jesus in fear. It's about running to Jesus instead of running to, to whatever else it is that we would have as our God alternative. But whoever believes in me actively, desperately, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is the overflow. The world lives from deficit. Religious people have the knowledge of Jesus and they still live from deficit. Followers of Christ 
live an active faith that overflows with eternal love. And the overflow is not merely an attitude, it is an action. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Spirit. Those who believed in him were later to receive. So I, I want to apply this at all levels of life. You know, we began a giving series just recently because, because we haven't talked about giving actually for a couple of years. So those of you who would say on a normal attending Sunday, all the church ever talks about money is you haven't been here for two to three years. Welcome back. All right, welcome back. But I want to say to you that, that giving matters because it, it reveals the heart. And it's the rubber meets the road kinds of things. But the real issue is so much broader and so much deeper. It has to do with fundamentally in our lives, actively choosing to trust the infinite love of Jesus Christ in a personal and, and all-encompassing way. I mean, it encompasses every arena of life, from your sexuality to your finances to uh, your generosity. I mean, every area of your life is impacted when you come to Jesus Christ and you believe in Him in a, in a personal way where He wrecks your old world and He rebuilds and gives you a new one. Anything less than that, it, it isn't Christianity. And it'll never cause you to flow out onto the streets when there's personal risk for you like these other Christians did. Last year, one of my verses that, that God revealed to me, because I just feel like sometimes like there's so much missing and, and I am not enough and, and things around in life, you know, they, they rarely ever go the way that I want and I don't understand because I have such good ideas and I give them to God and, you know, and I give him so many chances to fulfill my will. <laughs> and he continues to turn around and offer me his. But here's what he says to me in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And I, God, am able to bless you abundantly. The blessing that you seek you cannot find in the scarcity of the world. It is a desert. I am the overflow. I am the creator of life. I am endless. This world I have created um, is, was nothing to me. I, I did not break a sweat. I spoke it into being. And the beauty that you see is, is a part of, of my, my creative heart. It is a part of my being. It's, it, it is an infinitely small part of my, my infinite love. And I am able... There is no lack in my abilities. And, and for me, even in this season, I, I got to admit, as a pastor, this is personal confession time, I could not think of a worse time to schedule a virus. It's Easter, people. It's coming up on Easter. And I've personally committed to handing out 3,000 door hangers. All right? You know, um, and God is able. And, and here's the transition of my own heart is, is like, I, you know, the thankful for and thankful in are two different things for me, okay? Uh, not for everybody, but, but, but I am at the place where I thank God. I do not thank God for the virus. Please do not, you know, misinterpret. I didn't choose it, you know. I don't want it. Go back. Go away. Don't even come some other day, you know. 
But in this circumstance, I praise God for the chance to truly and honestly rediscover the power of his overflow, to fiercely trust and actively choose his infinite love and to believe that our God is able. You guys at home, I want you to say that with me. You guys here, our God is able. And you know, that doesn't mean a lot if you're not willing, right? You know, Bill Gates is able to give me a million dollars. I don't think he's willing. I don't need it, Bill. Give it to somebody else. Our God is not only able, he is beautifully and infinitely and perfectly willing in all of the love that, that, that nailed his son to the, to the cross. And God is able to bless, to overflow in your life in ways this desert world could never uh, offer you. The, the substitutes, the sorry, sad substitutes of this addicted world are nothing compared to the infinite blessings of an eternal God. And he's able to bless you abundantly, not just a little bit, not just to give you, you know, uh, you know, one square of toilet paper at home, right? To bless you abundantly. Now listen to this. Again, some of y'all who, who say, well, I don't know enough of the scripture. Stop the dodge. Stop it. And listen. In your need, in your circumstance, in your heartache, in your hardship, in your discouragement, what makes you angry? What depresses you? What makes you anxious? In all of those things, God is able to bless you abundantly. Listen to this. So that in all things, now I don't really like this verse because I want God to bless me the way I want to be blessed. I want God to bless me in things that please me and that are, you know, sunny days and yellow brick roads. That's, that's my idea of a blessing. But my God has a better idea. His, his ways are perfect. So that in all things, do a little bit of work. And go to those discouraging places in your life. Go to those depressed places in your life. Go to those fearful scarcity mentality places in your life. And hear God say, in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you, you can't live a small laying down life believing you have all that you need. Well, I'm not qualified to serve God. No, you're not. But Jesus took care of that. Now you are. Suck it up and be qualified, okay? In ministry, we talk about, about not just wanting to be a Sunday-only gathering church, but, but to be the church, the body of Christ, active in the world, being the love of Jesus. Because an active love for Jesus always translates into an active love for people. And I hear so much from people, I don't have time. Oh, so you've got a scarcity of time? Last I checked, you have 23 hours and 58 minutes in your day. Again, our translator in Ethiopia, uh, now is a good time, is, was his name translated. With his five jobs, says, I arrange my schedule to serve my Lord. Sounds like um, actively choosing to, to trust infinite love to me. You have all that you need to do all that God desires. Pastor Drew, I don't. I don't have this. I don't have that. You need to have a conversation with God. And I, and I want to be transparent. I am and I have 
and, and, and I have not arrived. I am so far from arriving. There are, there are things I am deeply dissatisfied with in, in my life and in my world. And God is calling me out of those into the overflow. There are things that I feel like are missing. And God is calling me out into the abundance and the overflow of his eternal love, his infinite love. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, that pretty much covers your life, at all times, that pretty much covers now. Well, what about the future? What about, I think all times covers that as well. (laughs) Having all that you need, I don't have enough. God says you do, that you will abound in every good work. Abound. Abound. It's not a word we use a ton, but, but I, 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 it's a great word. Abound. What does it mean to you? What does that look like in your life? Use your imagination. What does it look like to abound? It, it's overflow. But we don't just abound in, in, in nice attitudes we abound in purposeful and effective action. It begins at home. Um, it begins uh, in, in your attitude with your, your, your wife or your husband. I don't have enough love from, uh, from him. It begins in the attitude towards your parents. It, it begins and overflows into the workplace. It overflows into your driving and your commute. It overflows into how you treat people who've, who've mistreated you. It overflows into the wounded and trauma parts of your past. It overflows into the uncertainty of the future. It overflows into every part of life. And we live in the abundance of the overflow of the living water of Christ. But it says you'll abound in every good work. It's not just an attitude. If you're a follower of Christ, it ain't enough for you to know know good stuff. It's not enough for you to have right thoughts. You have to actively choose to trust infinite love in practical ways. And the simple truth is that in this day and age of scarcity, that Framework for 2 Corinthians 9, 8 starts in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It is the inviolable law of God that scarcity breeds more scarcity and faithful generosity brings more abundance and the generosity of God. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Our call, as we move past verse 6, is to then again hear verse 8, that God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, verse 9 says, They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
and you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I find it ironic that as we began this series on, on generosity and, and giving in the overflow that, that God did this. And I also find it amazing and, a, and a, a, a beautiful opportunity to discover the depths of the overflow of the promise of God. My prayer is that your faith would grow deeper. That in these days that you would not live in fearful scarcity, but that through an active faith in Jesus Christ, that today and tomorrow your love would overflow more and more that you would find practical ways to be the love of God to people around you. That the eternal life of Jesus Christ would not merely be a theory to you, but it would become a joyful practice and an experience that astounds the world around you that they see in you Christ Jesus alive. And it all depends on you and I actively choosing to trust infinite love. Do you believe you are loved? You are loved. So be his love. And overflow to the world in scarcity around you. Father, I pray that you would lead us to new depths in the hardship that we are facing in, in our nation and in this world. I pray that your people would shine brightly as the stars in the darkness of fear around us. I pray, Jesus, that your word and your life would, would explode and go forth. And, and Father, that people would, would hear of your love and that they would see your love in action in us and that they would believe. I pray for a revival in our nation and in the world of, of turning to Jesus and accepting you as who you are, the Savior and the Lord of this broken and fallen world. And God, I pray that in each one of us that there would be something deep and profound and, and fierce in our faith that would let loose an overflow of your eternal love that would, would make you smile for eternity. Father, in this day, we give you thanks and we trust you. And all God's people say, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.